0: Welcome to the Black Duck Revival Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Wilkins. I'm excited to have you join me as I speak with a fascinating collection of folks, all of whom have in common that they've made a way for themselves by finding an intersection between thoughtful consideration and the tactile work of getting their hands dirty. This is an examination of intention, capability, and craft. It's where philosophy meets the blue-collar work ethic and where I find real value. Hey, welcome back to the podcast, folks. This week, I am pleased uh, to introduce you to Marianne Nolly, a photographer, digital design artist, Fibers Fibers artist, my wife, the mother of my children. Uh, You know, really one of, not one of, the biggest uh, creative partner I've had, you know, in the last 10, 15 years that we've been together. Uh, I wanted her on the podcast this week because, you know, we talk so much about uh, or I try and introduce you to people that have really kind of created these self-determined lives. And this is the person that I'm doing that with. And she is a fantastic and phenomenal talent and artist in her own right. So it seemed like as we, you know, we've been discussing this quite a bit. She started her own business. And as we move into this next hunting season, we will be doing so Uh, with her and I both, you know, existing as these kind of non-traditional entrepreneurs, I guess, you know, these creative creatively driven uh, exploratory members of society, right. That are kind of doing things our own way. And it's a little weird, but I think, very cool and resonant, obviously, for us, and hopefully for some of y'all as well. So, uh, just anything you've ever seen that I've done, any magazine articles, uh, the logo, the website, uh, tons of stuff on Instagram, that's all because of and through Mary Ann's creative lens. So, if you are a fan of Black Duck Revival, you know, the brand and the entity, then you've already, uh, you're already familiar with a, a lot of her work. And I just wanted, you know, folks to, have an opportunity I I talk so much about her on this podcast Uh, she's such a big part of my life that I uh, I I wanted you to uh, to kind of meet her in a more fully fleshed out uh, and you know kind of holistic way so I hope so much that you enjoy my conversation with Marianne Nolly. Hey, welcome back to the Black Duck Revival Podcast. Uh, this week I am once again at my home office here in Little Rock, Arkansas, and I am uh, delighted to be joined by one Marianne Nolly, uh, photographer, uh, digital design artist, fibers artist, teacher, educator, uh, mother, muralist. And uh, also my wife. If you've been listening to this podcast for any amount of time, then you have heard Marianne's name before. I reference her quite regularly uh, as she is a uh, primary (laughs) force in my life, both uh, creatively, uh, just kind of partnership-wise and everything. Uh, And Marianne, thank you for gracing us with your, uh, your rare presence.
1: Absolutely.
0: So... I wanted to have you on the podcast this week because, you know, even though we this is a very hunting centric podcast, you know, if you go back to the very beginning, uh, that copy at the beginning of the podcast when it says, join me while I speak to a fascinating collection of folks, all of whom have found the intersection of thoughtful consideration and the tactile work of getting your hands dirty. Right. Like this is a podcast about people who use their head and their hands and their gut and their heart and all that stuff, and they just kind of wallow out a specific life for themselves. They're not necessarily following somebody else's game plan. Uh, They're not uh, mimicking a rubric, and they're trying to find their own way. And I'd say for as long as I've known you, which is at this point about 18 years, uh, you have uh, fit into those kind of fuzzy parameters but even more so lately as you have recently like fully stepped out to uh, you know work for yourself and lead a a more self-determined creative life so uh, I'd love to kind of just talk about a little bit about like we're going to get to what you're doing now and uh, some of these projects you're working on but uh, I'd love to hear just you know like what have you been doing the last 10 years uh, like right now you're doing photography or you have stuff in the Sitka catalog you've got stuff online uh, some different magazines you just had the cover of Backcountry Journal and we've been working in tandem quite a bit but you're also doing your own thing and uh, very much have your own identity so yeah just like where I think I know who you are but why don't you <laughs> tell me who you think you are
1: mm, okay um. I'm going to go back a little further than 10 years, uh, just because something I've realized recently is that for a long time, I was a person who sort of knew what I wanted to do um, and always felt a little lucky for that. Like when I decided I wanted to be um, an art educator, I was relieved, like, okay, cool. Um decision made um, when
0: did you decide this?
1: Uh, I was in high school, and um I realize now in retrospect that that decision was very much just influenced by my best friend um decided she wanted to be an art teacher, and uh I really admired her and her art, and I had some really stellar art teachers. And I thought, okay, cool, yeah, I can do this. I like art, but I don't know if I'm an artist. Um, And I I realize now um, something I didn't realize then, which is that in in a lot of ways I was a shadow artist. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with that term. No,
0: I'm I'm interested to have you expound on it.
1: um, So a shadow artist, and if you're more familiar, I might, you know, forgive me, give me grace, but... Um, a shadow artist is someone that often places themselves physically very close in proximity to um, an art form or some creative path that they, they want to participate in, but um, for whatever reason, aren't necessarily actively participating to their fullest extent. In themselves um,
0: so kind of like a like a dilettante a bit
1: uh, no I, 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 A not, poser No, no I don't mean it even derogatory. I more mean it like maybe they don't know that they want to be a writer, but they love writing so they become an editor. like it's mm. not an active decision. it's not like a it, it's it's some people never realize that's what they are um, but at some point in their life in my life, Um, there's this like, uh, anxiety, like this, um, boredom or frustration, or, you know, it can manifest about anger, resentment, bitterness. It just depends. For me, it was frustration. It just seemed like at some point, everything I was doing was frustrating. Um, even though I was good at it, I just, it was, I found ways to look at my life and say like, this stinks. Um Wait, so hold on real quick. Let let's me let's explain right. like so, what you were doing. So, I decided in high school I wanted to be an art educator and then I just got it done. Um I did the thing, I finished school, I did well. I had some fun stuff sprinkled in there where I got to do things that were cool, um not necessarily related to art ed, but um you know, I did a bunch of cool stuff. Um didn't have to pay for college like on paper was living the dream, doing, doing my best work. Um, even to the extent of like, right when I graduated, I went actually, um, with your sister and taught for like three or four months in Switzerland at, uh, the American school in Switzerland. It wasn't paid, but it was like this sort of free opportunity just to go to Switzerland and live there for free and teach art. Um,
0: yeah, like in, in super dope accommodations. It was too.
1: it was rad. It was a really cool opportunity and I just said yes to that and you know, um my dad passed away shortly before that and I think in some ways that uh catapulted me to be like, Okay, just live, do it. Do you wanna do it? Do it. because um, that was a big shift in perspective for me as well, just mindset. Um so
0: Wait, let's actually let's explore yeah. that just a little bit. So like your dad, who folks in Little Rock uh, maybe they're probably a lot of people are probably familiar with his work without knowing it's sure, his work. Yeah. Uh, but your father was a prolific airbrush artist uh, and kind of creative force in Central Arkansas for a couple of decades. Uh, and w- when we say airbrushing, I think people he did th- T-shirts, yeah. No, but I mean, like <laughs> he didn't, he people didn't. <laughs> people think of like you know T-shirts and hats at the state right. fair or whatever, uh, which is totally fine and cool but he was really performing on a on levels much higher than that um like photorealistic stuff even uh whimsical he was for no sure robin
1: tucker but yes he um he did uh he was an artist my whole life um and it
0: like a working it, artist a working that's how artist he, a he was a
1: freelance artist it ebbed and flowed as i as his family did but um you know, he did things that I would, the range was pretty vast. He started doing stuff for um, like Dempsey Film Group, which is not a thing anymore. You may have heard of Dempsey Bakery; they are the same family um, in Little Rock. And he did he did set design. He did stuff for Nickelodeon. He did um, this is so long ago, but Boo at the Zoo, which is still a thing in Little Rock, like a Halloween event at the Little Rock Zoo. The entrance used to be that big um, rock cavernous canopy thing. I don't even know how to explain it. By the carousel. And he and Robin Tucker, um, uh, another working artist in Little Rock who's incredible. um, They did all the... Every year they would do this installation of like... Oh, man. It was just... As a kid, it was like the coolest shit ever. It was like a giant witch's mouth that you walk through to get into the boo at the zoo. Um, He did, you know, when you see really cheesy signs at like zoos or like water parks, he did those, but like, well, so they weren't bad, um, which they are now. Every time I see them, it's just like, itches my skin. Like, Oh God, that's horrible. Um, And oftentimes what I'm looking at is something he did that has now been painted over with like a paintbrush. Um, by someone who just really shouldn't have a paintbrush. Um, it, it
0: seems that like it was a lot of uh, art that was intended to be interacted with like on a large scale.
1: Yeah, and I think that in a, in a lot of ways, like me and my sister have talked deeply about this over the years. I think that was the way that artists pay the bills kind of art. Like if he was creating art that was – like let's say he grew up in a wealthy family and could just – fuck around and do whatever he wanted can we curse on this I'm so sorry um I don't know what his art I think his art would have looked different um he was I think he made art that was as much him as he could afford to make so he got jobs that were weird and interesting and he made them as weird as as the parameters would allow but they still paid the bills um so yeah he did a lot of large-scale stuff um, he did anything anyone asked him to do. He could pretty much do. He um, he did some sculptural stuff. He did signage. He did set design. Um, at some point, though, I think middle school, when I was in middle school, he transitioned and became the director of exhibits at a children's museum in Little Rock, uh, the Museum of Discovery. I guess it's Children's Museum, but um, young adult, but um, so he he started doing that, and then he was in charge of, you know, just making rad exhibits, um, things that, as you said, were interactive, Uh, but he was always creative. He was always physically, manually making things, Um, and, you know, not to get too mushy, but he was one of the major, most important influences in my life. He's absolutely the reason that I did art, um, first, you know, and I'm still doing art. Um, you know, he gave me that, uh, permission, I guess and inspiration and watching him do that. I thought I want that to be part of my life. Um, But I made art very different than him. And so at some point, I think being an artist seemed a little too intimidating. Like, I just wasn't sure how I would do that. Um, And I watched him stop doing it. You know, I watched him decide he needed to pay the bills a different way. And um, I remember, this is, I don't know if I ever told him this before he died, but I remember even thinking, or maybe I did tell him I calling him a sellout when he started working for the museum, because I just thought it was so cool that he was an artist. Um, damn, that's some cool shit. I now. know. <laughs> I mean, uh, we came back around if I ever did actually say that to him. And, uh, but yeah, he, uh, I, I, I just remember being really disappointed and it turned out to be so, so cool. It was so cool that he did that job. And, um, he can't get in trouble for it now, but there were several times when like he had the keys so I could just have a sleepover for my birthday at the museum of discovery, like a lock-in, all my friends come and we just slept in the museum and hung out after hours. It was really, I mean, it was cool. Me and my friends in high school filmed music videos there. Um, just cause we had access after hours. So, I mean, it turned out to be great. Um, But, you know, so I still, I don't, can't ask him about it. So I sometimes still wonder, like, is that what he wanted to do? You know?
0: Oh, I mean, yeah, I'm sure. I mean, you understand now, like, since we're parents, right? Like, life's full of compromises. And there was, you're talking about a time when there was uh, less, I I feel like less kind of broad-based ability for self-determination, right? Like the internet was still dial up, right?
1: Well, and you know, he didn't have a college degree. So him getting, <laughs> he moved from that job to another museum in New Orleans and then he moved from there to San Antonio. And so the fact that he was even able to get the jobs at the degree that he was able to get was completely based on his ability and his yeah. relationship building because he did not have the uh, the resume as far as like education to be able to get those jobs. So I think that he saw an opportunity and he was like, okay, I'll do this.
0: Yeah. Very, very charismatic dude also. Oh yeah. Uh, Lovable. But so, all right. So because I know you so well, Mm -hmm. I can kind of steer this a little bit more than I could with other folks. But so I did want to touch on that because he's such a huge influence in your life artistically. And I think there's kind of ethos wise, Mm -hmm. but so you're, you're moving through this, right? You become An an art teacher Uh, you do that for ten years. Yep. Uh, you know, like initially, it was kind of like your dream job.
1: It really was. It's crazy. I think you, think you
0: did a tremendous amount of good there. Uh, and then COVID hit, and you weren't down to be back in the classroom at first. The way
1: well, we didn't have child care. Yeah,
0: we didn't have child care, and it was just going to be like a mess. It was. Uh, it just seemed like it was all going to be a mess. It was right?
1: the first time, you know, honestly, if we're if we're speaking honestly here, I had I wanted to leave teaching. Yeah. I was over it. Um it was not serving me anymore. I was as I said previously frustrated. Um and it was the first time that staying seemed scarier than leaving. You know, the two years mm. before that, leaving felt just like tumultuous how could I leave how can I leave these kids and you know having that leaving in March um, teaching virtual with kids at home not seeing my students in person having my seniors graduate it was like okay look I haven't built a rapport with these new students the way I had previously I don't feel like I'm abandoning anybody if anything I feel abandoned like no one's even asked how we're gonna have what are our kids gonna be doing you know those of us with kids so I was like you know what I I think I'm out. I don't know what I'm going to do, um, but anything else will work. Uh, I, I feel like <sighs> the world gave me – sometimes, you know, when you move on from something, your pride and your ego gets in the way, and you need there to be something bigger and better that you're moving on to so that when someone asks, you can say, oh, well, you know, this – people go oh shiny that's great um i think covid was like nobody cares my ego was like i don't i don't i'll figure it out i need to go um and then as as it do uh when you i think when you say yes to the thing inside of you and your yourself um opportunities they begin to appear and maybe they were always there and you you didn't see them you were too distracted checking your email or whatever but um
0: well it's also buying a yellow car and then you start seeing yellow cars
1: yeah but i i think it's like whenever you, you know, I, s- I saw this video recently um someone in a program i did uh sent it out because it fit this weird fishing analogy i made but it was like you know, you're not catching fish. You're not catching fish. Well, the the time to 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 catch fish is actually when it's uh, low tide. You know, they're all the plankton's getting stirred up. So you throw your line in and you catch. You just pull them out like crazy, right? If anyone's been fishing, you can think of a time or two when you were catching nothing, and then something changed, and you're catching all the fish. And you know, in the in the video, the guy says the old man turned and said, "You know, the only." mistake you can make during low tide is not having your pole in the water and then he compares it to the idea that when everything is falling away from you like it just seems like everything's going wrong you're scrambling to pick up at the pieces that's when you got to throw your pole in the water that's when you got to look for because there's tides in your life right like there's there's always highs and lows if you um you know you always compare it to a mutual fund if you if you look at it overall it's you want it to look like it's going up but if you Have zoom Have you been in,
0: listening to the Black Duck Revival podcast?
1: Oh no no no. Yes, of course. Yeah. I, I do. Listen to that. Um it's great. Have you heard it? It's so good. Um uh but yeah, I I think you could look at it as tides. That feels more relative to me. I don't understand mutual funds, but um if If you look at it, it ebbs and flows. It goes up and down. And when it's down is when you got to scoop up all the opportunities. It's when you, you just have to be ready to catch the thing. You don't know what the thing is. You know, you hold your hand out. And even if what you want is a peach, you don't throw back the apple that you get. Right. Like,
0: all right. Yeah. yeah.
1: I'm just saying like, I love analogies. All Um, right. So let go ahead. Direct.
0: Well, I'm just saying, I, I am the host of this show. Yes. If I could ask you a question, please. Uh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so, yeah, so we kind of get to, you know, a year and a half ago, right? Kay. And then there's all this stuff starting to, all this stuff. There's some things starting to happen with Black Duck Revival. Uh, I'm getting to write some stuff, and, you know, there's some traveling taking place, and you you are, you know, you had been doing photography, uh, on a small scale for a long time before, but, you know, you started doing that uh, more seriously, right? So, like, started getting better equipment and just, you just started to well, hone I, your I craft. Well, I got a
1: job that essentially was taking pictures. Yeah, so you were um, doing,
0: like, you started doing this, like, commercial photography and you are doing social media and digital design form, which is, like, in lots of ways you've been doing that for a long, long time uh every endeavor i've ever had you've already always done like the signage and the t-shirts and the logoing and all that you did the black duck revival logo with your friend brianna peterson uh but so it's kind of like you're just you're being pulled into this almost right mm-hmm. uh and so so folks don't even know but i actually just paused uh the recording because i had to take a phone call kind of a work phone call and incredibly serendipitous <laughs> because it's called synchronicity actually. oh a oh, pardon me <laughs> uh because yeah it was just uh an offer to or an ask to do uh for me to write a little something develop a recipe and uh provide the photography for it as well which means marianne uh we're keeping the lights on <laughs> baby <laughs> but yeah so i mean th- that really does seem uh synchronicitous uh, because we're we're basically talking about you just you're putting yourself out there and opportunities will present themselves if you're kind of open to them and if you're willing to put the work in right. So uh, that's kind of where we have landed now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll just describe it a little bit, but. So you have, uh, you've worked, you've been working the last couple of years, you've been doing like commercial photography and uh, social media management, digital design, which you've been doing for years, but you've been doing it kind of more regularly. Uh, you've been doing stuff for BHA, Arkansas, uh, local businesses, all the Black Duck Revival stuff, uh, website management, just, you know, like it really kind of, and photography, hugely, a huge part of this is photography, right? And it's, it's kind of just come to be a realization that you're basically a one woman creative agency uh who's what i've been so struck by just dealing with other people is that all these photographers say to me and this is like kind of me bragging a little bit but on like i'm not i'm not fishing for compliments on you and almost to almost every single one of them that has looked at your work has just brought up to me that you have like an amazing eye right which is obviously that's why i wanted the history of all this because it's obviously informed by the fact that since you were a little baby you've been incubated in this artistic mindset right and then you fully absorb it you uh, so much so that you are able to instruct others for a decade and now if we bring it back to some of your initial uh, comments now uh, you're kind of able to step, uh, you know, and a little bit more into to the creative reins of your of your journey, right? So you have started M Nolly Creative, and uh, I mean, yeah, just tell me what that's about.
1: Yeah, so. Um I'm going to give you the naming credit. You you named it. Um I probably would have wanted something that was like a cute uh, analogy. Or something. Yeah, it would, it would <laughs> What it if would my have my business has been? It would have um, sounded like
0: some some uh <laughs> some gnome gnome yeah. figurine yeah. selling Steal store. It stealing images. <laughs> um
1: Yeah, so um you know, I'll say this. Let me say this. Um <laughs> I
0: She's, she's referencing, referencing, she's referencing my mother. Let let (laughs) me say this. this.
1: Um, I want to know, I want to have this conversation again. We don't have to record it in six months. Um, I've had the realization lately. It just keeps hitting me. Like, like it feels like it's hitting me right in the forehead of like, oh shit. I am where Jonathan was at the beginning of black duck. And sort of, in, in a lot of ways, having a lot of, like, so many feelings about that, but, like, empathy. <laughs> because mm, A bit more,
0: perhaps, now. Hey.
1: <laughs> because this is hard. Um, it's really hard to trust yourself um, and just go out on a limb. It's really hard to not uh, go back to excuses you've used your whole life. Um, it's really hard to set your own schedule, which is just part of all the other stuff. It's hard to uh, to ask for what you. I'll say I have a trouble asking for what I need, so asking for what I want, um, man, that is hard. So, but along with empathy, I have so much pride and just like uh, uh, I'm so. I'm so proud when i at going through this in my on my own, I'm so proud to look at like what you have done because now that I'm sort of in it a little deeper, I can see more of just like all the parts of what you had to do to get there. It wasn't just sometimes sending an email is impossible, right like it just feels hard and you don't even know what you're asking in the email or whatever, but I just feel like you, you put yourself out there in so many ways. I can track everything wherever you are now. I can look back and track to like the step that got you there. Right? Like all of it is just one step every day. We've been talking a lot about that. Um, But when you're doing the one step every day, it, it's really easy to feel like it's not enough, right? Like where's the big thing? Where's the payoff? And you, I just find myself constantly ha- just almost daily having to refocus and be like, No, that's not the point. The point is to be alive, right? What makes me feel alive? and having to ask myself like, what makes me feel alive? not like I, I mean, look, my skin being touched makes me yeah, feel alive, you, you but mean I like as a fully what burns fleshed me up? person yeah. what makes me wake up and think now that would be fun and I've had some moments. In the past I'd say three months probably that have just been like this that have been so eye-opening that if I hadn't just said yes to a really s- silly thing that seemed super frivolous frivolent frivolous my frivolous. bad I did that again um if I hadn't just said yes to something that seemed super frivolous at the at the time and selfish honestly then I wouldn't have had this, like, self-actualizing moment of, like, this is what I want. I want more of this. I want more days that look like this. And those moments, I'm like, oh, that's what Jonathan did. Like, that's how he decided. And then, you know, I think to a lot of your guests on this podcast of, like, I think, you know, if the, and let me not wax too poetic, but if the point of the podcast, if the point of these conversations, if all conversations is sort of, defining your own life for yourself right like how do i do that because there's it's harder than it sounds and it's also easier than it sounds right like it's both um and it's harder when you have kids i mean we've got two going on three right like but the thing that i just keep thinking is i want our children to learn from us how to be themselves holy and the only way for them to do that is for us to do that like we just have to do that and sometimes that means really failing at something until we figure it out and sometimes that means you know scraping by (laughs) um I don't think anyone that's doing exactly what they want in life uh always had high times right um but like I said, just uh, call me in six months, <laughs> you know, let me, let me look I, cause I feel like I'm in the middle of it, if that makes sense. Like, I don't feel like I'm on the other side and able to give insight on like, this is,
0: yeah, no, I don't think you are either, which is part of the reason I wanted you on here because, uh, I'm in the dirt. Well, and I don't think you're going to be, truthfully, I don't think you're going to be out of it in six months. I
1: okay, think it's, s-
0: I think in six months you're going to have I mean... A baby. <laughs> yeah, I think... Well, I don't mean just you by yourself, uh, but, but I think in six months, yeah, I think it's... I didn't think about that. It's going to be hard. But it's... Uh, well, I mean, I, I've said in several different formats, right? Like, I feel like... I feel like we are the two most capable people I know, right? I think you can do it. And I'm not exactly even... Totally clear what it is yet, but Me neither. I think that the well, and I also believe that some of your outlook on this is going to change. So, right now, I think you're kind of talking about self actualization, right? And living a joyful life, which, in some ways, I you know, that's like a very Western idea, that's it's a privilege in some ways. Uh,
1: I, but, would, I would challenge that, but yes. Well,
0: I'm just saying, compared to a lot of other people, I'm not trying to p- play the suffering Olympics, but I, I think to me, it's not so much that I'm chasing, I'm not chasing joy as much as I'm pursuing, I think, contentment, right? So I think for me, contentment, just, you know, being at peace. Uh, kind of feeling all right with myself is, is, I mean, there's definitely joy in there. Uh, but I've.
1: I think I'm on the step before you, though. Like I'm saying, I don't think you can find contentment without saying yes to the things that bring you joy. And I don't mean okay. big things. I li- I, and the reason I challenge the Western idea is, is that honestly, I immediately just thought of, One of my favorite films, which is Wasteland. Um, I don't know that you've actually seen it, but I talk about it a lot. Um, It's about the artist Vic Muniz. He does the recycling project. Familiar? No? Yes.
0: You taught it for years. I'm familiar with it. Okay.
1: Well, I don't know. I didn't know if you'd seen it. Um, Yeah, I've seen it. Okay, great. <laughs> I mean, you think? I, mean, I don't. I just—we've just, never watched it together. Well, I don't think so.
0: I'm, no, absolutely, we have.
1: Okay, well, man, I have a really bad memory, so I I'm just—I'm just
0: saying. You think we've been together this long? I don't know. And man. I haven't watched something that's that influential to you.
1: I don't know. I don't know. I could, I, it could go either way on that particular sub <laughs> subject. Anyway, this—it—it's—it's it's like a a perspective thing. It's not that like your life is so good, so you have joy. It's that you choose to live your life and that, like living your life, not living the life you think you're supposed to live or not living your life for someone else, the act of choosing to live your own life, like like I guess that's where I'm at. Is like realizing that possibly I wasn't so clear on what that looked like if that makes sense, like what does my, yeah, like what am I supposed to be doing? Um,
0: so what do you think? Uh, and I'm going to put you on the spot here, okay. right? Because this is,
1: this whole thing is the spot, but <laughs> go for it. <laughs> uh, c-
0: Cause we're still very like ethereal right here. Right. We're still like sure. up in the clouds. So I, I want to get back to what you're doing because like, this this isn't just all about finding joy because we have responsibilities, right? We have a house, we have mm-hmm. children that uh, enjoy being fed. They uh, do like to eat. They they want a tweet. I want. I,
1: they want cheese. that's bad, man.
0: They, I want cheese. I want those little square things that with the hole <laughs> with the in the middle. Right. I don't um, know. Yeah, you do. There's a lot of figuring (laughs) out what they're talking about because they don't say cheese. It. Some of
1: them are better at it too. It's so
0: esoteric, man. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so you've repeatedly (laughs) talked about for the last couple years. You you know you talk about how photography, you you almost kind of like rediscovered it, right? And it was always something that you engaged in, Mm -hmm. but almost you you almost engaged in it functionally. And now you're able to really put yourself into it and uh, your interpretation of uh, composition and texture and light. Uh, To me, it's so interesting because you're coming at it from... And we should probably inform people about this. So I referenced it in the beginning. It said fibers artists. For a long time... So your sister is an artist as well. Mm -hmm. Your younger sister. She is a... a Ceramic artist. Ceramic artist. Two
1: teapots.
0: There you go. (laughs) And... But you also, I'm going to say you engage in really sculpture as well, primarily. You had been doing that. It was like fibers.
1: I am not. I. I that's the one art class I think I got see in with Professor Massey. I did poorly in sculpture. I'm not 3D, but I will say texture, yes, absolutely, 100%. Well, it's but I mean, describe that. So
0: you're taking like human hair and you're you're weaving it into... Okay. So I would say there's
1: two things that are most important to me when I'm like making something artistically and it's process and texture and, and process is because, uh, I like something that has multiple steps so that I'm not committed to the first thing I do. So I, I loved printmaking and, I think I would have liked ceramics and I know I would have liked photography, but those were the two most expensive classes to take because of the supplies. And so I didn't take them in college and I'm like still kicking myself. Uh, Cause now that I can't, I literally can't find a film class to take. <laughs> um,
0: well, yeah, but that's, that's I thing. just,
1: but if I, you know, it's like, like, you know how I used to do the cut paper uh, posters. Mm-hmm. So, when I showed those for this, I can't even remember what it was called. like a sophomore something review. I don't think that's what it's called, but it doesn't matter. Um, they at first were like, uh, that, that's great, but we've seen that a million times. And it's because they thought it was digital. They yeah. didn't know I was hand cutting the paper. They thought it was like vector graphics, um, which is like illustrator, just cutting shapes out and layering them, which is also really cool. And I love doing that as well. But, it it It's like I think that if I had taken a film class that I developed film, like my idea of um of photography would just be more informed. I guess I kind of feel like
0: that's but see see that's what I was about to reference. That's what I like so much about it because especially with something like photography that has there used to be a much higher barrier to entry.
1: Sure, absolutely.
0: And so now, kind of, everybody has these little supercomputers in their pocket. Everyone's a photographer, right? If you get on Instagram, all these programs and whatnot. And so much of that is focused on technical ability and manipulation and really understanding the editing software. Which
1: is 100% where I have had to catch up.
0: Yes, but where you're the thing that you can't teach is what you already had in spades, like 20 years of.
1: Sure. Yeah. No. And I'm not even saying that like, this is where I'm at. Like it's not changing. So, but it's sometimes, um, it's the thing that probably creeps up when that little voice is hanging out and trying to scare me or intimidate me. It's the voice saying like, you know, that's your imposter syndrome. It's, it's, but it, it everyone has it. Right. And sure. so what I'm, what I, I feel like the past, I'm going to say 12 weeks <laughs> I've been working on. Cause I've literally been in a 12 week program for creativity. Um, is making, I don't want to say making friends with the voice, but like, here's some room voice. I hear you. I hear what you're saying. Um, you can hang out, <laughs> but you can't, you can't, uh, you're not in the driver's seat anymore. Right. Like I, I, I know I can't make you go away. And I understand that fear is uh, driving for fear is necessary for survival. Right. If we get down yeah. to the gritty, but it's like, I think there've been a lot of time, not a lot, but I mean, there've been enough times in my life where the fear was the thing that kept me from taking that chance. And so now I'm just saying, I see you, I hear you, I acknowledge you exist, but I'm still going to do this thing.
0: You ever hear that quote? uh, And this is obviously applicable to uh, anyone on the gender spectrum, Correct. but most men lead lives of quiet desperation. I've heard
1: you say it. That's the only place I've heard it. It's,
0: it's super, super evocative for me. Because that's really all the good stuff, all the best stuff I've ever really gotten my hands on or got to experience involved me being uncomfortable or fearful or terrified and doing it anyway.
1: Right. You didn't let it drive the car. Like it was there; it didn't go away because yeah. you were doing the thing. And I think that's what people don't uh, maybe don't even see or understand. And it's so e- it was so easy for me to say this to my students, and then it's like, okay, well, say it to yourself, right? Like it, you ex- you think that these people that are successful are doing the thing that you are deeming successful in that moment because the goal always changes. You know, if I look back at twelve year old me and say, hey, this is what I'm up to. Here I am. 12-year-old me is like, holy shit, that's rad. That's your life? I mean, when I run into former students, and they're like, you're not teaching anymore. What are you doing? And if I just say even just like an ounce of what I'm doing, they're like, that's amazing. You left your career with chill. You know, it's like this, like, oh, wow, you can do that? It's like everyone sort of just wants permission to be scared and do the thing they want to do and 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 you will you'll be scared <laughs> doing it and i think i'm 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 sort of realizing like it's okay that i am scared doing this but i'm still doing it i'm still gonna do it um and the, i'm not gonna not be scared i'm just not gonna let that be the reason i don't do it if that makes sense yeah yeah, no, um, that's
0: a dude i'm i'm behind that 100 percent. so yeah yeah, I think it's, man, honestly, I think it's because, you know, we're, we're talking about both of us trying to lead, the, lead these intentional, self-determined lives, right? And I think for our kids to really get that from us, not just through us talking about, you know, follow your dreams. Sure. Not just, but to like really. It's
1: hard to believe that when you're watching someone not do it. Yeah,
0: to really <laughs> absorb it like in their pores like through osmosis. You know what we've really embarked on here is we have we have traded stability Absolutely. for creative satiation, right? For uh for freedom for our artistic and creative and exploratory freedom. Uh, to, the freedom to explore our own ideas, our, our own thoughts about things, our own intentions. The
1: freedom to time.
0: Yes. And like you said, there's a lot of scary stuff that comes from that. There's a lot of, uh, I mean, you know very much so. <laughs> that there's, you know, just it, everything looks, uh, just everyone's life looks.
1: Instability can throw you off balance. It can make you feel like you're going to fall down but the truth is if we're just speaking from experience like i mean i don't know have we even fallen down yet like i i feel like we've gotten so close or it's it, maybe we did i don't know i mean if i'm looking back like i've felt a lot of times where we were going to fall down but we never hit the ground right like things never fell apart they were hard but like i feel like once you go through so many of those that was hard. Like the resiliency, your ability to withstand the next hard thing. it just like grows so much. Like, and I will say too, that, you know, one thing, a tool that I I use a lot is like just immense gratitude. And I, I, like when I'm starting to be like, Oh, we just wish I could, whatever that thing is. Right. I wish I could get a new camera. I wish I could get this lens. I wish I could have whatever, whatever the thing. Everyone always, you're always wishing for something, right? Like there's always something shiny that would be nice to have. I just stop and I'm like, oh man, look at what I have though. Like I have so much. I have more than I need. I have so much more than I need. And I, I can look at each of those things and I can see our fingerprints on it. Right, like I can see the thing you built with your hands from the wood that you pulled out of your chair. You know, it's like everything is just like so tied up with story. Like our kitchen bar is like your great uncle's. What is it? I mean, it's like I don't know. I what are you talking about? The wood in there, the mantle, isn't that your in the kitchen oh. with the coffee pot? Oh,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, like the coffee nook. Yeah. Yeah, that wood came out of my great uncle Hiram's uh, shop. And then I split it. Right. And And I remember
1: you doing that. And I remember honestly, when you were doing it, being like, this is crazy. This isn't going to (laughs) work. And then it was like, this is cool. And everything is always sort of in progress, but it makes it when you get to the other side, like it's, uh, you used to say this when you (laughs) did landscaping, but it was like, you can either plant a tree and watch it grow, or you can afford to buy the full tree and i think we might always be people that have to watch it grow but like isn't that sort of part of the beauty of it it's like being able to send our kids to your moms and have me retile the backsplash in the kitchen by myself mostly um it felt good it was rewarding in a way that having someone come in and do that and having earned the money to pay someone Five times what it should have cost, right? Like, oh, well, I
0: mean, maybe not what it should have cost, but well, what, what it cost it, us. What it cost us, sure. I and mean, you did that whole deal for like thirty bucks, absolutely, and looks great. Yeah, and you get you, you get it, like little micro doses, satisfactory. yeah, and you get micro doses <laughs> of that, right? Uh,
1: and I don't, I have to work a job that I hate that makes me miserable in order to be able to afford to pay someone else to do that. And I really like constantly. I'm just like, that's the difference. I just have to sometimes put more of the, the elbow grease in. But if I'm really honest, I don't resent that because I prefer it. I want to do it. I want to do it. I want to do all of it. That's my problem. That's why I don't know what I want to do. Cause I want to do everything. I mean, right. Like, I feel like you can relate to that on some level. Part of my issue is that I could potentially do any of it. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't mean I should.
0: Yeah. I mean, you're, you're dealing with a matter of, refinement right which is comes from comes from the creative process so yeah i mean i'm stoked to just see you really embark on it like we've got some projects we're working on together i think too what's important about this is us realizing that uh you know i think i think we complement each other really well and but that doesn't necessarily mean that we need to we need to do like all of our creativity and working stuff needs to be together. Right. Uh,
1: It's nice to have an independent create, like, yeah, I think that I can scratch your back and you can scratch mine. And when we're reliant on our own self for the filling of the cup, and then we can just use what's spilling over to help each other. Like it's such a better balance. And, and I can think back to so many times we've been off balance there, but I think that I do, also feel like we're in a place where it's like I'm not sort of using you to get my creative um <laughs> I almost said something so inappropriate I can't think of a bit <laughs> my rock talk. <song. laughs> <You're laughs> <rock song. laughs> my, oh my creative goodness, rock like please. like I'm not just it's doing your program. website or just doing your photography or just doing stuff for you so it doesn't feel like all of my creative impulses are being controlled by you instead i have creative impulses i give in to them i do what i'm doing and then i can oh you need that sure no problem here it's just more transactional which is how it needs to be to work does that i mean does it agree
0: and but but it's also like that's
1: it's collaborative yeah
0: that's a very that's a good way to say it uh all right now i'd like to ask you just uh To completely change directions. I'd like to ask you some questions. Uh, No, let me stop for one second. I'll come back to this. Okay. So, I'm absolutely down. Six months, a year, whatever you want, man. I'd love to see. Let's
1: say a year. Let's be fair.
0: Let's do a year, man. And I'd love to see where you're at with all of this. Call me. Uh, I will call you. (laughs) or Hopefully, I will still be able to access you in person a year from now. But... Yeah, I mean you. You, I mean you're a great talent, and you can do a whole lot of stuff. And thank you. I, I'm stoked to see you, just really thrive, uh, trusting yourself. I think a little bit more, uh, and yeah, all the, all the nuts and bolts stuff like we will totally figure out. You know, it's...
1: I'm going to have to let the laundry pile up. That's that's my resolve. There's going to have to be some piles.
0: It's all right. Okay. Uh, I, I'm, I'm capable of washing clothes, <laughs> not just cooking all your meals for you. <laughs> but anyway, so kind of to, to round out this conversation, you know, because we are talking a bunch about the life that we've put together and raising our kids and... Uh, something else we've been talking about quite a bit recently, you know, and, and something that's really it—it it works for for our ethos and the way we want to live our life, and it just in a dollars and cents way, it makes a lot of sense. But that is, you know, feeding ourselves and feeding our kids off of wild game, right? So you we know, we've, we we've, we have resolved that. That's the protein that we're going to feed our kids. There's a little bit of stuff still floating around in a couple freezers. Like we found some chicken wings, which I'm not messed up about saying (laughs) that I grilled up and put hot sauce on and ate the other day. But, yeah, I mean, primarily, you know, we're eating turkey, uh, elk, venison, or elk is venison, uh, elk, whitetail.
1: Mountain lion, bear. Mountain
0: lion, black bear. Fish. Mostly catfish and crappie and brim. Uh, what else we got in there? Soon to be trout. Oh yeah. Trout. Cause you've really kind of fallen <laughs> in yet, love with fly but. fishing. <laughs> uh, we, we had a couple other things floating around there, don't we? I said wild boar. We got wild oh, we boar we do. We got there. so much pork. Uh,
1: Oh my God. So much pork.
0: And hey, I think that's mostly what we're working with, but like we got tons of it. Right. And it's, you know, it's, it's a healthier form of protein and, you know, I
1: would argue, too, it just it, it's, uh, makes me feel better. Yeah. Their lives were happier. Well, and
0: there's like a story to it, right? Like every time I pull some of that wild boar, because I know which one was which, yeah. I've got them yeah. separated on shelves. Like I know this is the one that because you killed one last uh, fall. I know this is the one that. We should do that again. Uh, we can do it. Uh, Jesse? Th- those, uh, those loins in there right now, those are from year that I've got defrosted. I mean, when I those went to that girl's big,
1: cabin trip and got to bring those
0: Felt like a G Oh didn't man you.
1: and they but they were like delectable too. It was like I looked around and everyone's literally just sucking their fingers and I was like, yes. I don't know. I felt like I was like conniving, like ha. I don't know why, but it was like well, because I, it was so I've, powerful.
0: <laughs> well it, it's it's incredibly validating, right? Like yeah. I've talked about how like one time I brought a deer home back when we lived out in that yellow trailer. And uh, it was that second deer I ever killed. I think I remember that doe and I'd thrown it on the back the tailgate of the uh, little Tacoma there and just driven down the hill where we lived. And I called you out and you came out and you were like, Ooh, baby. (laughs) I love a
1: doe too. Incredibly, incredibly
0: country, like out there on the, on the porch of our little, <laughs> I have so many
1: fond memories of that country ass living we did, like underwear, skin, and raccoons. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we squirrel hunting. Oh, I want to squirrel hunt this year so bad.
0: I mean, nothing's stopping you. It's I mean, squirrel season it's right now. Ha-
1: ha- no, it's too damn <laughs> hot. I'm not even. No, squirrel it's right squirrel now. season.
0: You can go out there in the woods. It's only know. 100 degrees.
1: Yeah, but they got ticks, ticks. and sugars. I'm, I'll wait, but I will go. But yes, no, I, I, it's, it's nice, and it's, um. It's cool to see your children, like, snacking on bear,
0: yeah, or eating uh, like a big goose leg. Yeah, they, man, their relationship with these natural processes is so different than than mine was. Their understanding of their understanding of the world, the lens that they view the world from, is so different because they've had that regular exposure to that stuff,
1: and and they're so interested in. I mean, it has just... I feel like it's, like, such a door opener for just, like, so much science and, like, like naturalism. Like, they just want to know all the things. They have so many questions that I don't think they would necessarily even come up with if they didn't hold the geese you, you brought home in their hands before you showed them how to, you know, pluck it. Like, they've d- they do the steps and they, they know so much about it. They... They know, you know, they're calling, I mean, not very well, but they knew yeah. how to put the turkey call in their mouth, and I didn't.
0: Yeah, they try, they
1: <laughs> you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, they, well, I mean, because they're just, they're emulating what they see, right? And they're, and they will put value in the stuff that we put value in. And so they know that I put value in making critter noises. Yeah. And I mean, you know, it's, it's like someone who likes baseball, like they're out there playing kids. Well, catch it's with the reason kid. I did art. Yeah.
1: Hundred percent. I wanted to hang out with my dad. I mean, yeah.
0: And so, like, kind of, my hope is that we raise some, like, really cool, strong, uh, artistic, you know, kind of feral.
1: They are feral. Uh, children. No, they. Are, but they are. They already are cool in those ways, and they're very multifaceted. And I appreciate that they they are already so capable, and I can see them just the wheels are always turning, you know, and I think that's because of exposure. I think that it's because of us. And that's validating too, because you know, it's not like they're missing opportunities because we don't have the stability of like a 401k. Although I do still have my 401k. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. But you know, it's I don't feel like I I often just look and think, we're not actually missing anything. And I have lots of friends who are still in the game and I'm telling you we're not missing anything. The, the, the world as we knew it is imploding and I, I kind of feel like we got out in time to like be really badass walking away while it blows up behind us.
0: Well, I mean, let's not romanticize this too much. We all gotta, I'm romanticizing it. We all got to, you know, <laughs> we all got to pay the tithe at yeah, some point. Yeah, sure.
1: And we, and we still have to scrap down and do, I mean, we do the dirty jobs. We do the jobs other people don't want all the time. I'm not saying we don't work hard. I'm saying we're not tied to a system that never appreciated us anyway. Hmm. And it's so freeing, like in, in ways that I could wax poetic about forever, but all the times that it's scary and unstable, it's more oftentimes I can just think, well, at least I'm not blank. Right.
0: Yeah. I, I don't want to burst your bubble, but I think I've come around to the, (laughs) the conclusion that, uh, You know, you can only you can only escape the system. You know, we're still part
1: of the system, but I mean, in the ways that we value, I feel like we're kind of not. Yeah,
0: maybe so. Uh, I mean, I I still
1: shop at Amazon. I'm embarrassed to say, but (laughs) but put it out there. I'm not. I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect
0: regularly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah um
0: <laughs> the dude when the when the ups guy <laughs> oh,
1: stop. I don't the ups guy talked some trash
0: about i guarantee you they know your name <laughs> it's on every kidding. package I'm joking, <laughs> <I'm> joking. <laughs> I, I haven't seen a package come from me in a long time
1: you get stuff from sick, huh? <laughs> 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 Yeah, uh, you I get, get duck calls yeah you're Whatever. right it's fine I, I, you're fine
0: anyway uh so
1: what yeah. were you going to ask me earlier? Because now I'm just oh, you know, I don't, don't know, know why
0: I just had this lame question. I was going to say oh. what's what's your oh, I, but I know the answer. But what's your favorite uh, wild game to eat? You know that fried rabbit. Yeah, uh, it's I rarely even have it anymore.
1: I know. That's why I want to go squirrel hunting. Because isn't the season the same? No. Oh,
0: squirrel season runs from well, like. well, squirrel season is longer. Squirrel season is like middle of May until. Uh, to like middle or end of February. There's like a break of basically March and April in there because they breed twice a year, so they give them one breeding cycle sure. without being shot at yeah. to just keep the populations uh, thriving. But rabbit season is a winter thing, so that'll come in in like November, maybe like November, December. So there's overlap. January. I could
1: like hunt both at the same time.
0: Yeah, but like, it, I mean, I guess you could, if you if, you know what I guess would be the perfect scenario would be a... If you had a field environment with thick edges, so like Mm -hmm. where we went to do that thing, that'd be a ton of ton of walking. And I would suggest you have like some uh, briar britches or like Mm -hmm. chaps or something on. But yeah, you could hunt some of those uh, those open areas around those moist soil units there. And then if you wanted to walk a half a mile and push on into the uh, the tree lines where there's oak and pecan trees between the bayou and those fields, you could. Shoot like probably shoot big fox squirrels and stuff. Uh, oh
1: man, I just.
0: But those fox squirrels, I mean, I, I think the fox squirrels aren't quite as good. No, fare. I'm just,
1: I'm just, I'm just remembering how much fun. I just love squirrel hunting. Yeah, it's
0: like just creeping around the woods. It's like being a kid with a BB gun. Uh, I still encourage you. I still encourage you to shoot that 20 gauge.
1: No, I want a 22.
0: I mean, shooting with a 22, man. But I'm telling you, the number of squirrels I started bringing home.
1: We'll see. I'll when, go uh, out a few times a with the 22, and then if it's like, okay.
0: You know, I got that. Uh, you've I'm never... a
1: one-hit wonder.
0: Yeah. I mean, you're a pretty good <laughs> shot. But, you know, I got that. Uh, what are they? I forget what the brand is. It's like this very common.
1: I need like a youth shot. New
0: on. England arms. Dude, that's what I'm saying. I got. It's a break open. How do I
1: not know that you have that?
0: I mean, I don't know. I probably bought, <laughs> <laughs> bought guns you when did you didn't you know that? about it. But, no, it's like a It's a New England arms. Just break open, single shot, twenty gauge.
1: All right. um, I'll shoot it and short, see. I'll see.
0: It's a, it's a short stock, short barreled gun. It would fit you perfect.
1: Could I do that for waterfowl?
0: I wouldn't shoot a single shot for waterfowl. Okay. I would have, but I oh mean, yeah,
1: because yeah, you got that. I you the got that pump twenty
0: gauge. I mean, really, what we need for you is a appropriately sized semi-auto twenty gauge. Is what I think you would you would like best. I for will waterfowl. say when
1: I shot your gun. At that one goose hunt, it wasn't. It's different when you're shooting at something and you have adrenaline than when you're just yeah, you don't target feel it. practicing. You
0: also, that was not my gun. If you had shot oh, my gun, yeah, you wouldn't have liked it in as much. You shot, guy's you shot that right. Benelli, that semi auto. Right. <laughs> if you shot my pump 12 gauge, I would have never.
1: Me. I'm not doing it. it.
0: Like grown men that are used to shooting, if they ever shoot that, they're like, what the hell? Yeah, oh. I don't, and I'm just so used to it, but it's like a blunderbuss compared to, a, you know what a blunderbuss is?
1: I mean, I feel like I could just take context clues. <laughs> no, I don't know. It's but. like, you
0: know, it's like a, a an old rudimentary uh, rifle of of your. Okay. Just a blunderbuss. would just kind of. Got it. I just believe, throw some stuff I believe out. it's the ones that had like the trumpet shaped end on the barrels and they okay. would just kind of throw shot out. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it just thumps you. Uh, but yeah, I've just gotten used to it because that's all I've ever shot. Even that's though now, shoulder's on that stuff. No, there's other reasons for that. <laughs> that's that's working for a living. But anyway, so man, why don't we uh, tell people where they can uh, follow your work, see your work, and uh, keep up with what you're doing, uh, and tell them about the services you offer there, M. Nolly Creative.
1: Sure. Um, well, on Instagram, I am M.Nolly.Creative.
0: Nolly spelled.
1: N-O-L-L-E-Y. So M as in... Mother Nolly Creative. Um, that is also my website, but my website is so new that it's difficult to come up and search. So please just, if you're out there, just keep Googling my website. So it's a result. Um, but yeah. And through, um, through that
0: website, they can see, they can see
1: all uh, history of sort of clients I've worked with. Um, you can click on photos. The, the front page is photos and then design work. So if you click on photos, you can see examples of, um, the portrait work, lifestyle, catalog, food, branding, um, macro, just all the things that I do and have done. And then some past work that has been published. And then if you go to design work, you can see some work that I've done there as well. Um, I mean, that runs the gamut. I, I don't know. I feel like I've done it all. Yeah, that's it? like
0: digital stuff: t-shirts, yeah, logo design, um, Any website sort of design, branding. posters,
1: posters, gifts. Um,
0: I mean, you've yeah. done you've done candy bar wrappers. You've done, or you did the entire the that entire line, line of, for yeah, that yeah. Uh, chocolate company. Uh, so that was like candy bar wrappers and, Box uh, of and boxes, of, different boxes of chocolate and stuff. Uh, I mean, you've designed stuff for tons of local businesses. Everything Black Duck Revival.
1: I think I've made a poster for damn near every musician that existed before yeah, 2012. If, if you, <laughs> yeah, yeah, um,
0: yeah. Lots of Jonathan Wilkins posters. Uh,
1: everyone, almost everyone. Uh,
0: t-shirts, lots of T-shirts.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think the thing that I'm most into right now, though, is is photography and website design. I just um, something really satisfying about the start to finish of a website. And then um, I just like taking photos. I like being out there going. and
0: Like being outside a lot.
1: I I mean, yeah, I I prefer um, being outdoors. I just like natural light is like the light I want to use, period. But um, I don't love food photography. I can do it, but it's not as fun. Um, But, yeah, textures. I just like textures and where you you find those mostly outdoors. Um,
0: Yeah, which is why, like, a lot of the food – pictures that you take, take outside for me, you take them outside <laughs> yeah. which is i mean that's fine man that's, always
1: carrying a plate around in that's the yard.
0: your signature style well anyway well uh marianne thanks so much for joining me on
1: hey i was here
0: on this episode <laughs> of the black duck revival podcast Absolutely. and thank you for listening and we'll see you next time Thanks again for listening to this entire episode of the Black Duck Revival podcast. As always, it's produced by me, Jonathan Wilkins, and Brian Sachs. So we finally reached the time where I can start releasing the dates and uh, experiences that we'll be offering at Black Duck Revival this season. So that's going to fire up uh, this fall. We're going to start a little bit earlier. We're going to start before hunting season uh, with some cooking classes we're going to have some deer uh, butchery and processing classes offered as well these are going to uh, be much more uh, affordable you know it's not it's an afternoon it's not a two-week or sorry a a a two-day hunt with three nights of accommodation and all that other stuff put on there Uh, so this is just much more accessible uh, especially if you're a local person and you want to get some hands-on experience with uh, some of these processes that you know frankly if you don't have a mentor uh, this stuff can kind of be hard to to get a hand uh, a handle on so i want to do like some hands-on instruction Uh, I really want to utilize that space for more than than just hunting even though that's kind of originally what it was put together for you know we're doing these fishing trips out of there we're still doing the waterfowl uh, hunt school experiences but we're also going to do some processing classes we're going to do some cooking instruction Uh, um, we're going to do something it looks like with Philip Martin of King Arthur Flour Uh, that's going to be phenomenal he's definitely one of the best and most well-respected bakers in these united states so uh go to the website pretty much every week for the next several weeks i'll be adding more onto that experiences page so uh we're we're gonna have some uh waterfowl uh hunt schools on there if you go to it now you'll find those Uh, i expect those to fill up quickly and uh, so if you're interested in there uh, in that uh, go ahead and and sign up for that Uh, right away like i said also there'll be some cooking classes there will be whole animal uh, butchery classes i think we're gonna do like some sausage making and charcuterie classes Uh, so lots of cool fun ways to interact with black duck revival come up to the old church uh, spend an afternoon spend a weekend and uh, really kind of invest in yourself your capability, your ability to just be a, a fully involved and participatory, participatory uh, member of your your own existence in your life. There, right. So go to the website that's BlackDuckRevival.com for all the information on that. Keep up with me on Instagram at BlackDuckRevival is the handle. Uh, we are going to start posting weekly recipes that will be on Instagram as well as the website for look. So look for that. Uh, A lot more video content is also coming in the coming weeks, so please look for that. And as always, I I always ask you guys uh, to help me out with this, but please, if you're enjoying this podcast, please uh, post about it on social media, uh, share it with a friend, share it with an enemy, share it with an acquaintance, share it with whoever you think might uh, really appreciate the content that we're putting out and the conversations that we're having. Uh, And if you have not done so, please uh, give us a five star review on iTunes or Spotify, whatever platform you prefer to listen uh, to this podcast on. And uh, if you take a few seconds to write a written review, that helps out tremendously as well. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time.